Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Welcome to another edition of Leadership Matters, a show that aims to support the leadership development of current and future public and nonprofit leaders. Each episode is designed to inform leaders and inspire solutions. I'm Tom Wall, and I'll serve as the moderator of our discussion today. I work with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities and for the Strategic Change Initiative. We work together to help organizations to strengthen and transform themselves to assure a more successful future. With me today as our guest panelist is my good friend, Rihanna Absar. Rihanna, would you please introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Tom. Hi, yes. This is Rohana Absar. I'm the Associate Director of our Center on Leadership here at the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities, um, and I really help lead some of our work around change leadership and um, as well as our innovation efforts. Outstanding. Well, today, Rihanna and I are proud to have as our special guest, John Patrick Leiden. John is the Chief Executive Officer of Auberly in McKeesport, Pennsylvania. In 2016, John was selected as among the most admired CEOs by the Pittsburgh Business Times. And in 2017, Auberly received the Innovation Award from the Pittsburgh Times, the only social service organization to be the recipient of this inaugural award. John, congratulations on both of those awards. Would you please introduce yourself to our listening audience? Sure, I'm John Lydon, the CEO of Auberly. Uh, we serve about 4,000 at-risk young people and families in southwestern Pennsylvania every year. Wonderful, John. It's great to have you with us today. Things have obviously been going rather well for you and for Auberly lately. Again, congratulations. Uh, you didn't just jump into this favorable position for yourself and for Auberly. Please share with us your career journey. Where did it all start for you, and what steps have led you and Auberly to where you are now? Well, actually, Tom, uh, I didn't follow the traditional path. Uh, I was a trial lawyer and litigator for 24 years. Uh, got involved with the Board of Auberly, served 20-some years on there as a volunteer. Uh, in 2004, um, a group of our stakeholders convinced me to uh, take the open CEO position. Um, you know, on the board, you think you know everything that's going on, but um, <laughs> uh, you don't. Um, so uh, I was surprised when really I got the deep dive into it that um, we're kind of insular and siloed, um, no reliance on data. Um, and so we wanted to take steps to, to change how we did business. We got involved with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities, which was uh, a major um, um, influencer in, in where we went. Uh, we started trying to get people to get out of the building, to listen, to benchmark, um, and to, to get everyone's voice involved in what we were doing, especially frontline staff that I continue to believe are the smartest people in any organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why don't you tell us about Auberly? What do you do now, and how's Auberly changed and evolved over the years that you've been involved with it? Well, a couple big things we've done in evolving is we really focused on getting people's voice into the organization. Uh, we do things such as we start our strategic plan with frontline um, staff teams. We usually have an exec uh, who doesn't supervise the program assigned to several programs, and we have up-and-coming young leaders uh, paired with um, uh, an exec, and the young leader actually runs the session with the support of the exec. So we get frontline staff then management, and last board. Um, another big change, we have built really extensive partnerships. Uh, we no longer believe that uh, we have all the answers. Our 412 Youth Zone, which was one of the 
focuses of the Innovation Award by the Business Times has now over 80 partner agencies and for-profit businesses that that volunteer. So we've gone um, now to 21 different programs. Uh, 16 of them have come on board since uh, 2004. And matter of fact, six of them are less than two years old. We have we were primarily a heavy residential agency in 2004. Now, uh, only about 30 percent of our uh, people we serve are out of their home, and most of that is in foster care, where we're the largest foster care provider in Allegheny County, which Pittsburgh's the county seat. And we're heavily now into community-based prevention and stabilization, uh, behavioral and mental health. Uh, transition and employment services such as the 412 Youth Zone and the Employment Institute. We even have three youth-led companies that teach them how to run their own company and um, uh, have client service along with a skill. Fantastic. You were involved in one of the cohorts of the Alliance's Transformation Project. Could you please describe that project for us and share a few of the things that you may have learned while you were a member of that learning cohort, uh, ideas that may have benefited Auberly in some ways? Yeah, that was a great uh, experience for really all of our residential staff. The idea of the cohort was uh, to really focus on changing Uh, residential care from trying to get people to live well in congregate care and follow the rules to focus on creating shorter stays, get people home, and teach them the lessons they need to stay home and stay out of uh, congregate care. So it was incredibly influential there uh, in in changes in what we've done. But one of the other um, great lessons that that I learned from you, Tom, in in that process was uh, a way to impact buy-in to culture change. Culture change is never easy, and you had some really uh, unique ways of allowing us to present this to different teams having them have an opportunity to have voice in their goals, but at the same time support the overall focus of what we were doing. Excellent. You've also been very involved with the Alliance's Senior Leadership Conference. Uh, What have you been able to take away from the Senior Leadership Conference? Well, actually, I love that uh, conference because it does two things. It's incredibly educational, but it also creates a space for people to charge their batteries. Um, what happens across uh, any nonprofit, I think, today is we keep asking people to do more and more in tighter budget times, and it's kind of a nice opportunity to, um, uh, to allow people to network with peers across the country. We've learned a lot there about what's happening nationally, and we've had people, I've presented there, other people have presented. Um, when you present, I always feel I learn as much as I give because you're interacting with people and talking to them. Um, and I think the Senior Leader Conference and several alliance um, leadership training opportunities have really been instrumental. We're sending six up-and-coming leaders to the upcoming Senior Leader Conference along with our Chief Operating Officer. Excellent. Which of the changes that you and your team have brought to Auberly do you feel have proven to be the most beneficial changes? I think um, certainly culture change to be performance-driven and to get out of the silos, to be focused on data. Uh, Now lines between our programs blur, um, and people don't move from program to program. Staff move to the clients to to serve them. Um, I think the building of partnerships um, has been very significant, and not only in giving better service, but in putting Auberly in a um, a leadership position, and also how we have uh, been able to merge funding streams in in a creative way uh, to be 
with fidelity to everyone's source and purpose, but at the same time not allowing it to segment our programs into a variety of uh, multiplicity. Well, what I hear you describing is ways that you've gone about finding opportunities to integrate your services. Tell us more about how you've done that, John, because that is certainly a topic that everyone is discussing, but a lot of people are saying how incredibly difficult it is to do. What magic have you brought to this? Oh, I, I haven't brought any magic to it, but the <laughs> frontline staff have. So one of the things we're always asking people at the team meetings is, what needs are you seeing out there that we're not meeting, even if they're not within our mission? Like people are hungry. Um, that's impacting how we can help them. So we go to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, and they become a partner with multiple programs. Um, we, we have gotten to a point where people don't use our chain of command around services. We were, I was asked to do a program for the Pittsburgh Foundation on uh, employment, uh, workforce development, so I asked our employment institute, tell me what services you used last year. They used 33 services. Wow. Not only was I amazed at the number of them, some had one or two people, some had 70, 80, but also that no one asked me about them. They didn't mm -hmm. feel the need. They're empowered. If they needed something, they just called their counterpart in mental health or in substance abuse. Um, they have somebody that needs anger management, and people respond. So we allow those people the ability to go out there and, and make changes, and we tell everybody, at orientation, I tell everybody, we hired you to make mistakes. We're not innovative and creative Wonderful. if we're not on the edge. No one knows what to do there, so if we want to do it better, feel free to make a mistake. The blame for that will, will land on the CEO. Outstanding. Good thoughts there, John. Hold for the rest. We have to take a short break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. 
or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is our guest panelist, Rihanna Absar, and our special guest, John Patrick Leiden, CEO of Arborly. In the last segment, John was sharing his thoughts on both his journey and Auberly's journey. John, in the last segment, I asked you which of the changes you and your team have brought to Auberly that had proven to be the most beneficial. Now I'd like to follow up and, and ask you which of the changes you brought to Auberly have proven to be the most difficult for you. Well, at the risk of repeating myself, the culture change. It's been the most beneficial, but it's been the hardest with the longest learning curve, as you know, to to implement. Um, I once heard a a person speaking who had an interesting way of saying there's two ways to build an organization, the Army way and the Navy way. And both are really great organizations. The Army way, they put you in a room and there's 20 machines there. They tell you, this is your machine. Don't touch anything else. This is where you need to focus. The Navy way, there's 20 machines. They say the room's your responsibility except for this one machine. So we were trying to get people to be empowered. We wanted to hear your ideas, and people were worried about getting blamed for something going wrong. And it was very difficult to to get people to to change that emphasis on leadership. And at the same time, um, it, it, we, at times you had to part ways with people that, that were revered. Um, you know, this person had been here 15 years. They were in management, but they were blocking the initiatives we were trying to get across about innovation, creativity, performance-focused, um, and, and that was hard. That was hard to, to say to people, um, as, as helpful as you want to be, we need to make a change here. Also, mm-hmm. getting people out of the building to network, to build partnerships. Um, you know, people are so busy, it's hard for them to see their way through to create time. And we're so in the moment that we, we can't see that it, building partnerships and networking will help you down the road. You know, you mentioned Senior Leadership Conference. For the longest time, I had the hardest time getting people to go to Senior Leadership Conference, which is always in the South, always in January or February. The high today in Pittsburgh is 19 degrees, and I would have trouble getting you to go to New Orleans or Florida. I mean, that's, that's how tough that curve is. So that, I found that to be the most challenging. As you look to change cultures in an organization, obviously uh, engaging people and asking their opinions is a part of bringing about positive culture change. What other steps have you taken, John, that proved to be effective in helping to change the culture of your organization? So let's start with that one, Tom. You ask people their opinion. So one of the first things I did here, I started this idea of ad hoc committees, temporary committees, where I would ask people across the agency to serve on it. The committee would be there for 60 days. They'd be important issues. And we would say, we want to get your opinion on this. I want you guys to pitch me. How would you handle this situation or this problem? How do you grow the service? And I thought people would really appreciate being asked uh, for their opinion. But the second part of that was there were a couple people, and I did the first one. I said, boy, I thought you'd really want to be on this group. They said, oh, people are always asking you for your opinion, but they never do anything about it. Yeah. So I made a deal with everyone to say, look, when you're done with your report, you give me your written report. I have 30 days to read it, talk to the executive team, the board, whoever I have to talk to, and 30 days is my deadline to meet with your committee, tell you exactly what we're doing, what we're not doing, and urge you to argue with me. And if I don't meet with you by the 30th day, the 31st day, you have the right to burst into my office, doesn't matter who I'm with or what I'm doing, and say, John, you were rude. You know, we want to talk about this report we sent you. And so it gave, it gave people voice. 
The other thing we did, we would ask people, we would do the strategic planning, start with the frontline staff. So the first time you go to the meeting, people are giving you items that are not strategic. They're maintenance issues. They're small upgrades. Could we get another computer? And, you know, a lot of us have been to strategic planning sessions, and people talk about things like the parking lot. Wow, it's a great point, Tom. We're going to put that in the parking lot. What it really means is, mm-hmm. Tom, you're off target. You know, we're going to ignore you unless you know we have extra time. And we told people, I don't want anybody putting anything in the parking lot. So people would give us this list of items. Then we'd talk about, you know, what do you see as needs? What do you see happening? Then I would say, we're going to come back in 30 days. I want you to think about needs and how you'd improve your program. Same day we met with them, I would call IT, I would call facilities, everybody saying, look, I know you're busy. Could you go to this program? They need an extra computer. They need this light fix. They need this thing to happen. In 24 hours, we would clear every item from your list that was a tangible need. So when we went back in 30 days, the attitude of people was amazing. People would say to me, John, you're not going to believe this, but I'll bet it was the same day that we spoke to you that Rodney came from facilities and fixed this and fixed this and we're buying this and doing this. And people would really participate in that second session because they knew you were listening. They knew you heard their voice. That's great. John, that's what you did to build energy. What did? Let's go back just a chapter. When you were first starting this process, what did you do to build in safety so people knew that it was safe to offer ideas? Well, that was hard. Um, we certainly brought in a really strong whistleblower ethics policy for part of that. Um, I explained to everybody in management that when people spoke out, especially if they spoke to me or an exec, that they were protected in that voice. Um, over time, it was you know it, it's just like meeting clients. You you can't say anything to them that gets them to trust you. You have to build that trust. So we had to build trust with people where we would go in and, and reprimand people. And people could appeal decisions to me. And, um, you know, I would meet with people, and I wouldn't make any decision without meeting with their supervisor, but I would go back to those people and say, look, and they would say, oh, no, John, this had nothing to do with it. Here's why we did this. And I said, hey, I can't allow this to happen. I have to create trust that people can speak out. So we need to move this in a different direction. And what really moved this forward was eventually we started to remove people that everybody would give you lip service. Oh, John, I'm on the same page with you. No question. This is what I believe in. But, you know, there Mm -hmm. there shouldn't be a but. Um, And eventually, and that's um, as we removed people and changed people and brought people in that were very open it really started to take off, and people started thinking, wow, I, I think this is for real. Yeah, excellent. As, as you've gone through this process, obviously there's many different kinds of challenges that you've faced. Um, some of them, you know, you can just solve as you can, but some challenges are very urgent. What are some of the urgent challenges that you have faced during this transformation process with your organization? Well, I think certainly rapidly changing needs um, and trying to keep your finger on the pulse of the community and what are the current needs versus the needs that existed 10 years ago. Um, And in an insular organization, uh, people have a hard time with that. So that was a significant challenge. Um, Building partnerships. Uh, Pennsylvania, we've had three budget crises in the last, two budget crises in the last three fiscal years, three in the last five. Um, So that that was significant. Getting government um, frequently gets in the way of innovation. Um, and getting them to to change those policies, building the advocacy platform and the relationships with elected officials that allows you to 
to point out to them um, things that are happening that they would not be in favor of but aren't aware of. Um, I think those have been a number of key uh, urgent challenges. Wonderful. You built a financially strong organization, John. What have been the keys for you to establish the strength of the financial position of your organization? Well, the first thing I think would be, um, and it sounds simplistic, pay attention to it. Um, I actually do a program at Pitt on So You Want to Be a CEO, and I do the financial part. And people pay attention to their budget when it's in the red and it has a problem, which is really too far down the road. Mm-hmm. I also tell people if as a program person, and a lot of times program people tend to be people people, not number people. Yeah. Um, and I tell people if you don't own your budget, you don't run your program. Because if finance comes in and says you can't do that, you don't know how to advocate a way to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So when we have aberrant financial results each month, a finance person's at the meeting, but my questions are to the program leader about what's happened, what's your problem, what do you see going here. First of all, meeting with the CEO, I think, sends a message. This is top line. And also the fact that Everyone knows after the first or second time, if I'm in the red or I don't hit these goals, I'm going to be meeting with John. So before Mm -hmm. I go to see him, I'm going to dig into this with the help of the finance people and figure out a solution to be able to move this forward. I also think um, we've done some creative things to get businesses to fund our programs, especially around workforce development. And that's helped us be financially strong. And final thing I would mention, I think a lot of people miss, during these state budget crises, I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed for management positions that are outstanding people. And I say, look, Tom, you've done an awesome job at your agency. It's highly respected. Why do you want to leave? And they say to me, John, I love my agency, I love my job, I love the people I work with, but in these budget crises, we've laid people off, we've cut back service, we haven't taken new clients, you guys are always moving forward um, and offering service, and I'm just afraid of one of these crises, that'll be it for my agency, so I want to jump ship to Auberly, so one of the benefits of that financial position. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, John. We have to take a short break. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. 
global business with Mahesh Joshi. We discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Rihanna Absar and our special guest, John Patrick Leiden, CEO of Auberly. In the last segment, John was describing the challenges he's faced in the last few years and spent some time talking about how to change the culture of the organization. In this third segment, we like to turn our discussion over to Rihanna Absar to explore some of the leadership dimensions of the work in our field. Rihanna, take it away. Thanks so much, Tom. Um, so, yes, um, I want to congratulate you, John, again on receiving um, the Innovation Award. I think that's really exciting. Um, our sector isn't typically um, known for being innovative. And so the first question I want to pose to you is what does innovation mean to you? Well, innovation means um, looking at the situation with fresh eyes. Um, One of the things I tell people is a terrible thing to say to me is when I ask you why we're doing what we're doing, you never want to say because we've always done it that way. It says we don't know why we're doing it that way. We're just mindlessly moving down that path. So as we look at... um, uh, societal problems that aren't responding to same old, same old. What are we going to do differently? How are we going to think out of the box? Um, our 412 Youth Zone uh, that was highlighted by the Business Times in an Innovation Award, we were asked, the county put out a request for proposal for services for all youth aging out of foster care in Allegheny County between 16 and 23. And if we look at that with fresh eyes, we were really good, we thought, in that field. No way we could help everybody who needed help. So when we responded, we had 29 partners to bring in there because if we looked at it in today's society with a clean sheet of paper, what would it take for those young people to be successful? It would take a village. Um, And we put those groups together. Incredible. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, and so what do you think the consequence would be if, um, if our sector doesn't continue to be more, become more innovative? Well, I think we're going to fall by the wayside. I mean, look at the environment we're in today. Um, in an era of, of tight budgets, um, can we afford to do, you know, we're not looking at getting increases in funding. We're constantly fighting to maintain status quo, which means inflation and changes and higher costs are destroying us. So if we continue down that path, we're clearly doomed. We're not going to be able to do next year or the year after or three years from now what we're doing at the same funding level. And we should all be anticipating in the current environment, we may not even be able to maintain that level. So what's that uh, disruptive change going to look like three years from now? What do we need to do this year to put ourselves in a position to, to make that happen? Absolutely. And, you know, working with um, different organizations across the country, I think more and more organizations are starting to realize that. Um, but I do think sometimes they struggle with, well, how, how do we start um, innovation? Like, how do we become innovative? So do you have any tips or based on your experience on what organizations might do um, to adapt to a more innovative mindset and um, 
into their practice as well? Sure. I think, first of all, we can't rely on top-down. We have to get everyone's voice, as I mentioned, at the table. Uh, we can't allow people when, you know, how many times are you in a meeting and someone voices a new idea and the first comment, someone attacks it. Um, you know, there's this hat exercise where you put a different colored hat on the table. And when somebody presents a new idea, you can only talk about positive aspects. What would that look like? How would that work? How would it help us? Criticism's the last hat that goes on the table. Secondly, you have to be comfortable making mistakes. Really and truly be comfortable making mistakes so that people are going to try something new. Um, I tell new employees in orientation about Thomas Edison. You know, Thomas Edison, in inventing the electric light bulb, literally tried hundreds of different ideas, and they failed. How many people have done the same thing 500 times and failed at it and kept going? Edison has this famous quote that says, it's not true that I failed 10,000 times. I proved that 10,000 things don't work. So we have to be open to that, and we have to really, Tom talked about this environment of encouraging people to go down that road. For a lot of us, the idea of losing control is in the way of being creative and innovative. People are going to do things that would be a different way than I would have done it, but I have to respect the process, and I have to respect the people. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, I completely agree. I think uh, those are really important words for everyone to hear, and um, I think it's critical that organizations um, start to take on um, more of an innovative approach to the way that we try to address the societal issues that are continuously permeating um, day to day. So thank you for that. Um, Tom, I'd love to turn it back over to you if you have additional questions. Excellent. Excellent. John, in your definition of innovation, within your definition, you were really talking about changing leadership styles. You were talking about moving from traditional leadership that maintains the status quo to change leadership that is designed to change the status quo. What do you see as the major differences between traditional leadership and change leadership, and how have you brought change leadership to Auberly? Well, I think one of the biggest differences is that issue of control. That, um, And I find this when I talk to leaders. They don't mean to say this to me, but if you're listening and, and fully listening and engaged with them, what they're saying is at the base of it, they don't trust their people. Mm-hmm. And if you're a leader, you, you're responsible for hiring people, training people. How do you bring those people in? So you have to be able to trust people. I tell people again at orientation, once we find we can't trust you, you can't work here. So even in the little things, you have to be trustworthy. The, the world moves so much faster for people who have trust than it does for people where trust doesn't exist. So I think that's a big part of it. Get people you can trust. um, Allow people to make mistakes. You'd be amazed at at what will come out of that and um, shift it away from top down. We show a pyramid in orientation and talk about this is the typical corporate organization, CEOs at the top, people doing the work are at the bottom. Our pyramid's upside down. The CEO's the least important person in our organization, and you have to believe that. You can't just say it and and think people are going to buy into a slogan. So if you're in management at Aubrey, your whole job is to support the people at the top are, who are the people that are touching the people we serve. They're the most important people in the organization, and you have to believe it. Let's go back to culture for a minute. How were you able to sell that vision of leadership to the other leaders in the organization? Well, part of it, and this goes back to some of the things I learned from you in the context of, um, first of all, you have to respect people for what they've done. If, If you don't go out of your way to say you've given great service and what we have done has really helped people, 
people will feel if I worked here 10 years, you're, you're dissing my contribution over the last 10 years. So you have to respect that and applaud it. And then talk about needs in the community now have changed. And how are we going to move with that change? If in residential we've accepted 25% of referrals, are we really meeting the needs of the community? So we have to go with that flow. The other thing is you have to help people. You can't just leave them in limbo and say, hey, stop doing this. Stop focusing on consequences for people that break the rules. So what's the new model? How do you go out and research something, which the Alliance, I think, is awesome for this because you can tap into all its resources. You can get on the listservs with um, my Alliance to talk to other organizations. Who's done this? Let me steal your idea. And you'd be amazed how how um, open people are to to share ideas and things to replace the way we used to do it so people still have a toolbox and they still have tools in that toolbox. So, John, how long, and I know this is probably an impossible question to answer, but how long do you figure it took you to bring along your other leaders to where they could let go of elements of control and begin to try to inspire their staff to be something more than what they were? Yeah, I think about... Two to three years in, I got to a point, probably closer to three, should have been 18 months looking back on it, where you began to realize certain people were not going to make the shift. Mm-hmm. And you had to make changes if you wanted people to believe um, that, that you were real about what you were talking about. And at that point, once you start to, to change people out, that really jolts people. Wait, sure you're really serious about this. I mean, if I, if I stifle innovation, I could lose my job. Yes, yes, that's exactly what we're saying. We've moved to this model. You have to move with us. And I find this amazing. I've spent a lot of time in the for-profit sector. I've only seen this really in the non-profit sector where people cannot move from their chair to a new chair. And we'll talk about this, and I'll say to them, do you realize what's going to happen at the end of this meeting? They say, you're going to fire me. And I say, no, not at all. I want, I want you to move to this new chair. You're going to fire you by staying in a chair that no longer will exist at the end of the meeting. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. Hold on. We have to take another short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. 
Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Rihanna Absar and our special guest, John Patrick Leiden, CEO of Auberly. In the last segment, John, Rihanna, and I were discussing innovation and change leadership. In this final segment, we usually like to turn to our special guests and ask them to offer some advice to the other leaders in our field. John, what advice would you like to offer to the other leaders in our field today? Well, I think um, one of the things I find we talk about a lot now is you you can't go it alone. If there ever was a time you could do that, it's not now. The needs are so complex. Um, The expertise you have to build and keep um, is really tough. Uh, So you have to build partnerships. Um, All of us probably end up being members in multiple different groups, but are we actually invested in that group to build networks um, and to, to gain benefit from that, such as the alliance? I feel like the money we spend for the Alliance is one of our best investments that we make in the entire organization, but we take advantage of it. We go to the Executive Leadership Institute, we go to the Senior Leader Conference, the National Conference, different groups, webinars. We do webinars with them. Um, So I think um, uh, people really need to build that, and also you have to be a good partner. Everyone talks about mission, but when you sit down, you try and get partners, you find out frequently it's not really about mission. It's about the agency and the agency Mm -hmm. staff, and they're not willing to to work and really partner with you for the benefit of the people we serve. So I I think that advice, I think, is, is really important to be networking. Excellent. Thanks so much, John. We also like to ask our special guests to share a mistake that they may have made that helped them to learn something important that they may not have learned if they hadn't made that mistake. John, would you be kind enough to share a mistake like that with us? Boy, do we have about four hours left. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I think people learn a lot more from making a mistake than they do from a success. Because when you make a mistake, you remember it. Um, I would say two um, items to that. One I already talked about, not being able to change people out when my gut told me you have the wrong person there. Um, that's a mistake that, that dogged me um, for a while. Now I'm much more open on it. And I don't mean that in a harsh way. I'll help people get a job somewhere else. The other thing that we made a mistake in, we designed a program way back when I first came here. We got a federal grant for transitional housing, and we built the greatest program ever seen in the history of mankind. We were in there. We, we, we built it. Everybody that referred people loved it. We had a huge open house. All kinds of people came. And then the next day, the program opened. And two weeks later, I said to people, have we gotten any young people to come? A voluntary program, we didn't include them in the discussion. We, didn't, mm-hmm. we thought we knew what they thought. And it was a disaster. 
So we had to sit down with a focus group of the young people and find out they weren't interested in going from congregate care to a new program. Instead of targeting people at 18, we targeted people 22, 23, who had been sleeping on couches, found out what their need was, and, and ever since then, that's our focus. At the 412 Youth Zone, the first services we started with is what our focus group said they would use. They designed the space with our architect. They bought the, they picked the furniture, PPG paints, donated the designer and the paint. They picked the colors. They participated in that. And now we have 1,200 young people in a voluntary program where they come to the youth zone to take advantage of services. So we always remember moving on. That's remarkable. One last question, if I could. Our time is running short. But what trends in the field do you think are most important for leaders in our field to be aware of and to focus on over the course of the next three years? Well, I think, um, again, building partnerships and networks so we have strength. Um, We're clearly under attack. Uh, People don't respect um, the work that we do. Uh, We have to get business leaders in particular to understand that we are successful in what we do. We need to be able to, to project impact and not just one at a time, but in a network like the Alliance um, and advocacy around changing people's perception. People believe all government doesn't work. At the Innovation Award, we gave half our table to the Department of Human Service and talked about them as being an example of good government working. So we have to pull um, the public and private agencies together for that. Outstanding. Well, thank you, John. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. My thanks go to you, John, and to Rihanna for a wonderful show today. Please join us again next time when we'll bring you another edition of Leadership Matters. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.